Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik, your host and today we have the privilege of hosting a remarkable guest who brings a wealth of expertise in health and wellness for the elderly. Yes, joining us Mercedes Fernandez. So welcome to the show Mercedes. Thank you Avik. It's very I'm very happy and so excited to be here with you today. Lovely, lovely. So, uh, before we start our conversation and we delve deep into this topic, uh, because today's topic is very great, where we'll be uh, discussing about empowering the elders and also uh, mastering about the movement for a healthier aging journey. So, which will definitely be a great one. But before we uh, start this, I would love to mention this to all of our listeners that Mercedes is the founder of Movement and Leading geriatric psychotherapist so she holds a master's degree in uh, kinesiology with a rich pre-medical background in psychology anatomy and nutrition so uh, like her journey as a certified senior fitness instructor and authorized cpr and or the first aid uh, responder which we call has been dedicated to enhancing the lives of older adults through adapted physical activity and skilled rehabilitation so her professional expertise extends across a spectrum of um, conditions like including stroke uh, cerebral palsy tbi etc so but her connection to the world of a senior healthcare goes beyond the professional realms like she was uh, her grandfather's primary caregiver providing her a deeply personal understanding of the challenges and the joys associated with the elder care so her journey began at an early age when she played the uh, piano at the nursing homes fostering a lifelong passion for serving the older adults so mercedes a first generation child of mexican immigrant parents shares a heartfelt story of growing up with her grandfather as a constant presence so like as her parents worked tirelessly to provide her for a uh, provide for the family she and her grandpa formed an unbreakable bond like from school pickups to midweek treats and mcdonalds and their connection depended as they grew up together so as he aged uh, 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 like mercedes took on the role of caring for him and 
sparking a lifelong commitment to the well-being of senior citizens but today mercedes is on a mission to share her knowledge and passion with the world and her expertise lies in revealing the nuances of aged care offering the expert insights into simple movement tools to uh, alleviate the pain and empowering the caregivers to navigate the complex medical system so she believes that understanding the intricacies of uh, aged care is crucial for everyone and as well as all inevitably face these complexities in our lives so without further ado let's welcome mercedes again to healthy man and healthy life and let's start our conversation welcome to the show again thank you so much uh, what a beautiful beautiful introduction and i'm sitting here just feeling so much gratitude in, in the way that you've presented me so i i'm happy and and, and let's dive in so that we can bring some wonderful uh, insight to your listeners and to your show lovely lovely <laughs> <laughs> so um like as i mentioned um a brief intro about you but uh, from there like if you can share a bit about your personal journey like what actually inspired you to dedicate your career to the health and wellness for the older adults yes of course so a big part of who i am and and the way that my career has grown really did come from my relationship with my grandfather um very close to him and of course as a child i you know i saw him as a as a grandfather from birth to his death essentially and so for me um my affinity towards the elderly has always really been there and then when i was in my undergraduate degree at cal state northridge in california we had a center on site or on campus essentially that works with the community and it was designed as a student service learning program where it's hands on so i i got my first experience of really what working with a adaptive population is uh, it, people with disabilities so whether they were physical um excuse me mostly physical and that was in water so in an aquatic setting and on land and so once i found that program i really just shifted pretty much my career path of wow i really know i know that i i can work with the special population and i really feel passionate that even though they have a different limitation they still they find so much joy in coming to the center every day you know i think as normal uh the normal tendency for myself at least is like oh i'm so tired i don't want to work out and all these things and yada yada but when i got to see that community day after day they push themselves super hard so that they can at least get a little bit of movement in and for me that really changed my perception and why i really wanted to continue to be in this work because there's a different sense of gratitude there's a different sense of motivation because they're not in an able body capacity like most people are they don't take it for granted they they really want to move because they can't move fully that makes sense okay lovely understood so <laughs> yeah yeah so so like your approach uh, emphasizes about the um, adapted physical activity and the skilled rehabilitation um, so how does uh, this holistic approach contribute to the overall well-being for the older adults and 
especially for those uh, conditions like the stroke, cerebral palsy, uh, and Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. Well, it goes back to, to what I was just briefly saying is that these individuals who have these conditions, so we'll use stroke as a, an example, mm-hmm. most of the time, depending on where the stroke has occurred in the brain, the body will end up going into contraction. So if anyone has ever seen someone or experienced someone with a stroke, one side of the body will become it's not paralyzed, but it is in a constant firing state. So they can't move, their muscles are basically frozen. And so uh, the same in with other other disabilities is that to your point that, or excuse me, to my point is that the need to move when it's been taken from you or when it's been reduced really in, increases the need and the desire to move. So my approach in this adapted adapted skill rehabilitation is really it's not, you know, the the concept in fitness is to go big or go home, to like be really strong and to make sure you lift all this weight. But within this population and these special conditions, even just a little bit of motion. So we'll go back to the stroke example, even just being able to open their hand a little bit is a really big step. So for me, that's that's um, how it, it really impacts just even the smallest movement. Got it. So in this, like uh, you mentioned about a common fear for the seniors, uh, like the loss of motion leading to uh, loss of freedom. Uh, so if you can elaborate on this, like how does maintaining mobility uh, contribute to a sense of freedom and um, the independence for the older adults? Of course. Well, I think that the easiest way is uh, I'm biased because I work with older adults and this is something that I have heard and it goes back to what I had said is we are, as humans, we are mo- we are mobile. We were designed to move. We were hunters and gatherers once upon a time. You know, we we hike, we have two legs and the way that our skeletal system is in place is so that we continue to move. We all know as in the recent generations, the less we move, the more sedentary, the more health conditions climb up. And so essentially when we, so the biggest, the best example I can give you in the audience is when lockdown happened around the world, we essentially got a taste of what it's like to be uh, an older adult who's been stripped of their freedom. So we weren't able to go to the grocery store. We weren't able to interact with people. The less that we were able to be out, we ended up, what raised up? Netflix went up, right? Netflix, Netflix views, we sat on the couch. I sat on the couch, that's for sure. And then there came a point of, okay, let me incorporate some kind of home exercise because we can't go to the gym anymore. And so essentially the same is there's this anxiety of if I don't move anymore, if I can't drive, if I can't even walk out to my mailbox, then therefore I'm stuck. I'm confined to the house. And that's not it's not a fun feeling, right? It's like getting really sick, having the flu and being bedridden and then feeling just physically feeling mentally and emotionally this despair of of an inability of an incapacity to essentially live. And so that's, that's, that's the realm of where I want to come in and help 
older adults and individuals in their periphery or even anyone listening now to just know that it's all about prevention and maintenance. So you can continue to move even does again, it doesn't have to be like you're running a marathon every day, every weekend, every month. It's a, it's a baseline of make sure you're moving at least, at least a couple minutes a day. Oh, that's a, that's a very true thing. Like, uh, and even it's not only for the uh, older adults, but we have seen this kind of scenarios, sudden heart attacks, and this kind of situations because of not moving uh, to younger adults as well. So uh, it, it's very, very required. Like if we move our body, uh, we, we tend to uh, stay healthier more. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, also, like in your persuade, like to empower caregivers, you aim to inform the listeners about the loopholes in uh, aged care. So, what are some of the uh, these loopholes that people may not be aware of, and um, how can they navigate them effectively? Yes. Um, this essentially comes a lot from my viewpoint or my vantage point in the United States healthcare system. Um, however, it can be applied, you know, it can be applied universally, just depends on the healthcare system. So I'll speak just on the US healthcare system because I don't know what it's like around the world. Um, but in this regard, I think that because the United States, the way that the healthcare system is set up there is privatized. And so a lot of the times the, the way that as a caregiver, if you haven't been in the medical system before, you're not sure there's a lot of questions, there's different terminologies, there's all these different forms. And the, the loophole I see often comes with in-home rehabilitation. So they will recommend after hospitalization uh, X amount of sessions for physical therapy or occupational therapy that falls under a category of home health care. And so oftentimes I'll, I'll hear from an individual, oh, well, we were only assigned eight sessions of physical therapy and then that's it. And we don't have any more. And, and so they kind of just throw the towel in essentially but what happens is, first of all, as a physical therapist and a kinesiologist, ult optimal rehabilitation doesn't happen in just eight sessions, so you need more. <laughs> and what most people don't know is that you can ask for more. You just, they have to, so home health care has to request to the insurance, and then the insurance has to approve it. And so all these things, it's murky, it's taxing. Uh, organizations don't want to do it. There's a lot of loopholes there. It's a lot of like red tape, they call it, because again, it's privatized, there's money involved, and they want like to, to per patient to cost less. But um, what I can give the advice if you're in the United States or anyone listening in the United States is that if you have X amount of sessions, always ask questions, ask if you can request more, especially because Rehabilitation does not happen in just eight to 10 sessions. You need repetitive home healthcare and they get paid for it. So there's a lot of money in the healthcare system. They just play that, that there's not. <laughs> that, that's a great way of saying this. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
yeah so um like advocating for the loved ones in the medical system can be challenging but what advice do you have for the caregivers on uh, how to effectively navigate this uh, uh, i mean uh, sometimes murky waters of the healthcare system on behalf of their elderly family members Mm-hmm. Yes, my best advice is is ask a lot of questions and push back, or don't be afraid to push back. Uh, again, being in in the U.S. healthcare system, at least, but I can imagine it's in most healthcare systems. Is we have been conditioned to, you know, what the doctor says goes essentially. And while, of course, we listen to the the best recommendation from the doctor because they know they know what's best when it comes to what's happening diagnosis the um it we've also been conditioned to not question it so sometimes they're it's not that they're wrong is that they're overwhelmed they're overloaded they might have missed something or they don't have enough time to sit and talk with the patient so if there's something that you have a question about you don't understand my my advice is to really advocate for the person yourself or the person you're caring for and ask questions and if the doctor's not able to answer ask them to ask to talk to the case manager because there should be someone assigned to this is in the event of an older adult that there should be someone who is designed to talk about your case who will then refer you to the post acute care etc cetera, etc cetera. so um yeah push back because typically they're just they're overloaded they don't have enough time and it's there's more resources when you ask more questions understood so uh in your vision uh for the future like how do you see the landscape of uh elder care evolving and uh the positive changes uh, would you like to see the way society approaches um, the health and well-being of the older adults yes i i personally would love to see more inclusion with society and older adult all around the world the elderly generation is excuse me the elderly population is growing it's expanding some medical systems are not prepared for it um others are are you know very well versed in it i live in a community right now where it's half a university town also half older adults and so they integrate and it's really wonderful to see how active the seniors are here and the the way that the community incorporates them it's almost like they're the my, they're the majority <laughs> and for me I've, it's been really wonderful so i think that i i would like to see more intergenerational programs i really advocate and i encourage individuals who haven't been exposed working with seniors to maybe volunteer to to think about spending more time with their grandparents um their parents to to ask questions listen to stories because there's so much wisdom being around someone who has been who's been alive for you know 70 plus years and i come from a cultural cultural background where it's beautiful to see how the elders have really always been respected there you know the ancestrally and then it's lineage and passed down and you get to hear all these different stories but ultimately i and i would say this for myself hearing those older generations of how they made it to where they are how their decision has landed me in in a 
you know, in the United States through my parents, through my grandparents and, and on and on. So really seeing that and when when we become more of a community with our elders, then we can then see how they're keeping their mobility and their health up adds to it. Because the last thing we want is, and that's what's currently happening, I feel, is it's almost like a, it's taboo. It's a little scary when we think about, oh, well, a nursing home is just a bunch of older adults or old people sitting in a chair withering away. And it's just, it's, it's so gruesome for me that we have this conception. And I really want to change that because they're not withering away. Is that, are we paying attention to them? No. Okay. That's probably why too. So that's where I want to change it. <laughs> and I feel so passionate. I'm sure you can hear it as I like to catch my breath because you know, it, it, it breaks my heart just a bit that we, we treat our, our older adults that way. It's almost like we discard them. Exactly. That's, that's a great thinking. Yeah. So uh, balancing uh, the professionalism and the empathy. So as a uh, geriatric psychotherapist, how do you strike a balance between um, the professional aspects of your work and also the deep care and compassion you have for the older ones? Yeah, so I think we just got a taste of that, right? Is that I um, I feel bias and because so my lens of the world is so much different than most. And I have, I struggle with that because it's like, well, look at this and how can we do that? And, you know, I get frustrated often. Um, I have such a niche market. And so, um, again, I think for me professionally, I know where I, I am strong with the, the physiotherapy side and, and the movement and then the emotional side of, excuse me, and the personal side of, okay, and here's why. And, and I have to be careful to separate when it comes to, you know, insurances and healthcare systems, because that's where it can get a little challenging of why are we doing this to them? And can we even help because it's such a big conglomerate? True. Yeah. So uh, before we wrap up, like for our listeners, uh, what are the key takeaways you hope they gain from our conversation today and uh, how can they begin implementing positive changes uh, in the care of the elderly loved ones? Yes, I think that the key takeaways for sure are um, you know, spend some time with some older adults in your world and if you don't have anyone that you can think of, think about volunteering at a center over the weekend or um, maybe even something online. I think there's there could be a few programs where you can call a senior, you can um, talk to someone, you know, uh, maybe in a different part of the world who speaks the same language. So there's that. And then the second takeaway I would say is, or uh, two more, one is advocate, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions, whether it's for your health or the health of a loved one. Um, don't be afraid to, you know, to dig for, your, for the sake of your health, because it's not that they don't want to tell you, it's that they often either are overwhelmed or they forget. And then the third takeaway is to just remember to move. 
Uh, any little movement, going for a five minute walk, 10 minutes, um, walking up and down the hallway or the stairs. So just ma making sure that we get that blood circulating and uh, keeping, keeping that baseline level of movement for our overall health, well-being. Good. That's really lovely. <laughs> Great. And dear, dear, uh, dear listeners, you have it, another insightful episode of Healthy Mind, Healthy Life that has taken us on a journey through the art of empowering our elders for a healthy aging experience. So a heartful thank you uh, to Mercedes for sharing her wealth of expertise and the personal experiences. And uh, as we wrap up this episode, we encourage all of you, uh, uh, I mean, to reflect on the valuable information Mercedes has provided. So whether you are personally navigating the complexities of uh, elder care or supporting a loved one, the importance of the holistic movement and advocacy in the medical uh, system cannot be overstated. So uh, if you have found this episode meaningful, do not forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. Your support fills our mission to bring you more conversations that enrich your uh, understanding of the health and wellness. And uh, always remember that the journey of aging is a collective one. And the more we equip ourselves with the knowledge and the compassion, the better we can support our elders in leading vibrating active lives. So thank you for being a part of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life community. And until next time, take care of yourselves and those around you. Stay healthy, stay mindful, and continue to thrive. Thank you so much.